Welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. We never go stale because we're 100% artificial. How's everybody doing? I really thought you were going to say we never go stale because we just start off stale. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at. We're just plastic. All right, so here we are, seemingly getting towards the end of this giant underground uh, temple under vigil with a population of 11,500 people, and you've come across quite possibly the ugliest elf you've ever seen, assuming you've seen a lot of elves. It looks more like a bat than an elf. Yeah. He's got very pale, pasty skin. Looks like he's probably been living down here out of the sunlight for probably years. As a race, they live like hundreds of years in Pathfinder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, centuries. Centuries, yeah. Yeah, so what Nick said, hundreds of years. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Vipira, invisibly, uh, a little out of character, but she's uh, sneaking up to the bad guy. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll allow it. And uh, while she was doing that, uh, there were these uh, like taxidermied, Humanoids like positioned all around the room, all frozen in these like grotesquely contorted positions, like they're in pain. And two of these figures uh, came to life, and they are these hideous-looking skeletons with this like tangle of organs, like just flailing around inside their rib cages, and like a tendril of the organs is coils up around its uh, its spine up into its skull. And it like hangs out of its mouth like a lolling tongue. Uh, anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge religion check on these creatures. Uh, I got a nineteen. I got a twenty-seven. Ooh. Oh, twenty-five. <laughs> if I peer, got eleven. Okay. Rogiar, Uhtred, and Randolph recognize these creatures as morgues. Those who slay many over the course of their lifetimes, be they serial killers, mass murderers, warmongering soldiers, or battle-driven berserkers, become marked and tainted by the sheer weight of their murderous deeds. When such killers are brought to justice and publicly executed for their heinous crimes, before they have a chance to atone, the remains sometimes return to unlife to continue their dark work as a morgue. Uhtred can ask two questions. Randolph can ask two questions. And Rogiar can ask one question. Yeah, uh, I will start off. I would like to know, uh, yeah, DR. They do not have DR. Okay. Ability? Special? Offensive? Cool, offensive, special ability. You know that uh, if that tongue hits you, you need to make a fortitude save or become per- paralyzed. What about a defensive ability? I'm intrigued with the... Uh what this thing can do they don't really have any special defenses uh you know that it's undead and as such it's uh immune to mind affecting effects bleed death effects disease paralysis poison sleep stun non-lethal damage ability drain energy drain it's immune to ability damage to its physical ability scores as well as exhaustion fatigue immunity to any effect that requires a fortitude save unless that effect also affects objects Uh, I will tell you that their worst save is Fortitude. Okay. And Uhtred. Um, I guess let's get an HP game in here. Yeah. All right. 115. Lower. So they're undead creatures, huh? 
Would you? Could I ask just for their flat out movement speed? Yeah, I, I uh, would like to know their movement speed. Their move. They have a move speed of thirty feet. Okay, so they're not slow zombies. No. All right. So with that, everybody can roll initiative. Okay, Randolph. Ten. Okay, Vipira. Uh, fourteen. What's your modifier? Oh, six. Okay, and Rogiar. 29. What? Very nice. That's a nat 20 on initiative, baby. (laughs) Gotta be, dude. 29. Okay. Up first is Rogyar. Let's see. And we are hasted still, right? I'm going to roll 2d4. I'll roll a d4 plus 1. That's how many uh, rounds of haste you have left. Okay. We did joke at the end of the last episode about, like, hurry up, run around the corner. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. Because we're hasty. I mean, go, there, go, go. there was a fight right around the corner. All right. So you have two rounds of haste. All right. It's something. Um, I like being in the back. So that's where I'm going to stay. I'm going to gather power, and I'm going to empower an air blast at this first morgue, the, the northern one. Uh, and again, gather power to empower an air blast. Um, yeah, with a pushing infusion. Why not? Deadly aimed. That's a 26 to hit. 26 will hit its flat foot at AC. So that is 43. That is 64 damage. Okay. Up next is Uhtred. Oh, uh, Rogi, are you going to bull rush it? Oh, yes, indeedy. That's a 32 on the bull rush. Yes, that will bull rush. I would hope so. <laughs> He gets pushed back five feet. Uhtred. I think I'm going to cast Mirror Image on myself. And I believe that's 1d4 plus 3 at this level? Yes. That can't be right. All right. I'll take seven mirrors. Oh, God. No, Nick. I think we've been underselling, like, uh, spell combat and whatnot. Like, yeah. Because you have spell combat, you can cast a spell like while doing a full attack action. So you just cast mirror image. You could now take a five foot step and attack that blue skeleton. He's right there. Bullshit! No way. And really? It's at a it's at a minus two penalty, but that's spell combat. Yeah. Wow. We haven't been guess- treating it like that. No, we. I well. Well, I, I think he just really hasn't used been it doing much. that. I've been doing more spell strike stuff. Yeah, you can yeah. combine the two. Right. I do remember now that you say that. Um, I had a question, uh, Nick. What is Uhtred's AC currently? Yeah. It is thirty-one. Is any of that from the shield spell? No. Okay. So Uhtred, mirror images, five foot steps. Wow, us. Uh, we have a 18 on the dice for a crit threat on the first attack. Wow, it's wow, a wow. 34 to confirm. It's a 44 to confirm. <laughs> it's a 44 to confirm. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I yes. fucked up. <laughs> That'll confirm. Oh, man. You don't, do you have uh, any magical effects going? I, all right, so I'll be completely honest. I don't know if I had any charges on a frost uh, frostbite left. I don't, I don't think uh, you do. I think you went through yeah. all those fighting the giant cage. I think so, too. So, no. They would just be the slashing option. Okay. Then this is a gut slash. Huh. 
Wow. Yeah. Double. Yeah, these guys got guts. It's double damage and one d4 bleed, and the target cannot swallow whole. So basically, <laughs> just double damage. That's funny. All right. So how much damage is that crit doing? Uh, seventeen slashing. Are they chaotic? Ooh, good question. Morgs, I would assume so. Oh yeah, they are chaotic evil. They look so, like they better be another, fucking chaotic. <laughs> another two d six. I mean, they're spawned from the the corpses of uh, serial killers. Uh, yeah, serial killers that have been tried and killed. <laughs> so then it's another eleven from the um, axiomatic. Yep. All right. Up next is the morgues. Well, real quick, uh, I had a thirteen on my second swing. Oh. 13 will not hit their flat-footed AC. All right. Um, Blue's going to full attack Uhtred. That's going to include two slams and a tongue. It's going to be a 25 with the first slam. That misses? Natural 20. Followed up by a natural one. Okay. So doesn't so confirm. Let's look at mirrors. How many images do you have? Seven? Seven. So I roll a D8, and the one is Uhtred. Four. And here comes a tongue. It's a 27 versus your touch AC. Yep, it, it ties, so it's... Wow, okay. Um, I'll roll a D8 again, ignore the 8, and a 1 is Uhtred. 1. No. Ties. Uh, Uhtred, give me a fortitude save. Hey, Uhtred. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, we're hasted. You should have gotten a third attack on this thing. Oh, yeah. That's oh, shit, true. that's right. All right, so do that attack first. And that's at my your full, original. Full, your full, yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn it. Well, it's a 19 on the die for a crit threat, and that's a uh, 33 to confirm. Oh, my God. confirm. All right, so this is called hack and slash. Uh, double damage, and all critical threats against this target are going to automatically confirm for the next three rounds. Oh, oh all, my God. So many of my crits have been so thematically perfect. <laughs> I've crit you so many times, everyone else is just going to get crits now. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, give me that damage. Uh, so it was 22 from the scimitar and 8 from the axiomatic. All right. Not enough to take it down, though, so let's fast forward again to Uhtred making that fortitude save. 26. You are not paralyzed. Woo! That's right. Wow. That's right. Get out of here. <laughs> and that's when the Red Morgue charges at Uhtred. Somebody's salty. <laughs> Two other people he could have charged, but bring it on. You gotta yeah. get these mirrors down somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so is it charging tongue first? Uh, it's gonna charge with a slam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, 21 with the charge. No. Okay, up next is Vipira. Alright, um, since this is uh, Vipira's really big chance to do some big damage here. She's gonna move up and claw claw. Uh, she's gonna move up and claw. Nope, she's gonna claw claw with haste. No, no that's only on a full attack. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, really, really. Haste gives you an extra attack with a full attack action. Uh, then do I really want to do that? Like, I look at a face down the big baddie with like one claw. I mean, it also depends like how far above how far up is he from there? Because she could take a five-foot step here yeah, and she, reach him. Oh, can, can she? Uh, so he, how high up is that? He's going to have cover. But, yeah, I suppose Vipera could reach him. But, yeah, he would have cover. Uh, With him flat-footed? 
He hasn't gone yet. Versus versus your first attack, yeah. Well, no, he hasn't well, gone he yet. Hasn't he'd be flat-footed yet. for... That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, just looking at this guy, his flat-footed AC must be super small. <laughs> but still, it's it's three attacks with cover or one attack. It's well, I waste mean, the turn. God. <laughs> uh, I'll take the three attacks. Okay. All right, let's do it. So a 23. Versus his flat-footed minus two. Yes. That hits. Yes. All right. And then that is going to do 17, 37 damage. Okay. And then if the 22 hit, 25 to hit. Impose your penalties. Uh, What? Impose your penalties on him after the first one. Oh, uh, the minus. Let's go with... uh, the minus to attack, and then a minus to his. Let's go with strength, and we're going with a second claw, with which is going to be a twenty-five to hit. That'll hit, and that's thirty-eight damage. Wait, hold on. Have we been factoring cover into these attack rolls? No, because you would factor I that factor into his that AC. In. Yeah, you tell me. <laughs> that first attack did not hit. Okay. 26 versus his flat-footed plus four from cover also does not hit. Whoa, really? Who is this guy, me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, attack number three. A 28 to hit. 28 versus his flat-footed plus four will hit. Okay. So that's a 34 damage. Okay. And I assume you're doing minus to his attack... And then minus yeah. one strength. Yes. Okay. So Vipira appears out of invisibility, just like arms flailing over the side, over the edge of this uh, this raised part of the floor, and just like clawing at this guy's armor. And she finally uh, makes one stick. And this guy's like busy being like overjoyed at your arrival, like classic, like. Got caught monologuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he looks down. He sees Viperia. He's, I'll teach you some manners. Not that it matters. And he uh, he hefts his humongous warhammer, and he swings down at Vipera. So first, he's going to smite good on Vipera. That's a twenty-six to hit. Does not hit. So he swings again. This one's a twenty-six. Does it? Did it hit? How about a thirty-four? That, that hits. How did he have three attacks that pro- got progressively higher? <laughs> and natural twenty on the fourth. Should have kept your mouth shut, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, natural twenty is gonna hit. Yeah, uh, it's only a twenty to confirm, though. Is Viper gonna be able to resurrect anybody out of spite if she's dead? <laughs> You take 24 damage from the first hit, plus 12 more damage as you feel part of your uh, life force get sucked out of you through the hammer, and it looks like uh, might have got he like he might have gotten a portion of that back. Oh, that's gross. Ew. And then for the second attack, and then you take another 19 points of damage. Oh, holy moly! Look at your life bar. I didn't think I did that much. All right. And up next is Randolph. Hell yeah, brother. 
All right, uh, I'm gonna five foot step and uh, unload on this guy. All right. And um, my pal, Phileas, will do the same. Scythe power attack. Oh, 30. 30's gonna hit. Okay, that'll do uh, 19 damage. But wait, there's more. Second attack, 27 to hit. 27 hits. And that'll do 14 damage. But wait, there's more, I'm hasted. Uh, well, with that second attack, uh, that morgue is destroyed. Oh, so what do I do about this haste? Uh, well, that's that's pretty much the end of your turn. But Thalias, uh, we could just say he hasn't taken his five-foot step yet, and he could move around and get in a flanking position with Uhtred. Can I still hit? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can yeah. still attack once. <laughs> oh, because I have haste. I get that. right? No, because oh. you have no, taken just... a standard action. <laughs> I got so caught up with what I was going to do to that one guy that when I killed him, I was like, oh. Okay. 30. 30's going to hit. 11 damage. Okay. Good turn. Up next is Rogyar, who un- sadly has line of sight to nobody and needs to waste his entire turn getting into position. Oh, if only. Uh, Rogyar, five foot, floats to the northwest, and he's got a nice clear line at the uh, the ugly elf. What an oxymoron. And he is going to gather power to empower a cold blast with the uh, entangling infusion. All right. And because I am 35 feet away from him, I need to also have the extended range infusion. So this is going to cost a burn. All right. That's a 28 against his touch AC. Uh, that will hit. And that is going to be 48 cold damage. Doesn't your cold blast have an entangle effect now, too? Yep, I did that. He needs to make a reflex save. How's an 18 hit you? 18 fails. He's entangled. All right. That might have just saved my peer's life, actually. Hey, someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next is Uhtred. All right, I'm just going to, I guess take a full round action i am going to use a swift action to spend an arcana point to keen vala so that's a 29 to hit that'll hit uh it's gonna be seven from the scimitar plus another six all right and then i will be taking another attack does a 21 hit this guy 21 does not hit. Yeah, I didn't think so. And then there was the natural one. So let me do this again. Uh, so that's going to be a 23 to hit. Where are you getting the plus three from? From the flanking. This should only be plus that's two. That's a plus two. I'm sorry, 22. 22 will confirm that fumble. Well, this side of it kind of sucks. This is fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, this is a catastrophic failure. Oh, no. Utrid falls unconscious for 1d6 rounds. What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> Negated is by that... a will save. Is that a Pathfinder crit? Or was that a fan crit? This How is a Pathfinder crit. I was wow. just listening to an episode of Skull and Shackles where that happened to Cheryl the Barrel. Wow. All right. But that so does sound like a Cheryl save, huh? <laughs> will save. Yep. 
Damn. I'm, uh... It's not my best. Uh, it's gonna be a 19. 19 is still going to fail. Damn. Uhtred falls unconscious. For how long? 1d6 rounds? 1d6 rounds. That's five <laughs> rounds. Well, I hope you guys can take on the big baddie, because I'm sitting out the rest of this. It's now the morgue's turn. You know, it wouldn't make sense the one time I had a crit fumble. It was catastrophic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Just crit no. so much, and one finally, like, blew up. Maybe it's just riding the heels of Matt's coup de gras. But these guys are descendant from serial killers. And I feel like this morgue would be seriously considering just doing a coup de gras on Uhtred. But I think, all things considered, there's still a lot more threats right next to him. He's going to turn around, full attack on Thelias. Two slams. That's my move. Using my own move against me in my yep. own mojo. 34 to hit. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And a 26 to hit. A 26 does not. Wow. Okay. All right. So we'll do the slam damage. A little slam dam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> slam dam. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, all right. So that's going to be seven damage. And then does a 31 beat Thelias's CMD. Oh, yeah. 31. Ow. All right. So he misses with one of his slams, but he still gets a hold of Thelias, and he's got him in, like, a bear hug. And then his, like, big, like, intestine tongue just comes out, and he's going to try to uh, give Thelias a big old tongue lashing. That's going to be 21 versus Thelias's touch AC. Yep. Yep, yep. All right. Thelias has to make a fortitude save. Hmm. Fortitude save. Come on, Thelias, you got this, baby. Twelve. He can join me for a little turn nap. Thelias is paralyzed. Oh my god. Okay, mm. I hear you. And it is now Viper's <laughs> turn. <laughs> paralyzed uh, like how though? You know, like, like he's otherwise fine. Guy. He's just a bit yeah. paralyzed. Yeah. Like no. a dude in a coma that's aware and can feel everything. This okay. might be the worst case of being paralyzed that you've ever seen. <laughs> now, just wondering, if if I move uh, away from this dude, am I going to be getting a uh, attack of opportunity on that? or? Yeah. Well, unless you take a five-foot step. My pure is going to go invisible. Okay. Um, and she is going to move up to this uh, blue dude here. Okay. Oh, man. Does Randolph have to save both Uhtred and Thelias right now? That's what he does. Uh, so this elf, uh, presumably Assiduan, he lifts his arms up again uh, in kind of a taunting fashion uh, at Vipira turning invisible. And he says, you can't leave now. The time of reckoning is upon us. And he starts uh, marching down the stairs after uh, towards you all. Let's see, he is entangled. So he moves at half speed. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as a full round action, he uh, he gets to there. <laughs> His shoes are like tied together or something. The time's upon you. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's just like... like <laughs> as his feet like just like slip and slide across the floor <laughs> trying to go downstairs that way he has to hop down the stairs <laughs> and what a badass 
ass. He does like the like the oh, oh, as he like swings his arms like before each little hop. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The time of reckoning is upon us. Okay. Next up is Randolph. Cool. Th- cool. Thalias is totally paralyzed. Five foot step. I'm in a rage because uh, no one paralyzes Thalias unless it's me. <laughs> and uh, full attack on Mr. Blue. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my hero. Cooking with gasoline now. 31 to hit, 17 damage. Second attack, 29 critical threat. Which automatically uh, confirms unless he dies from the first one. He did right. die from the first one. Oh, oh. that's okay, Alex. Though. Come on, you're I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Randolph goes, and he, in a rage, he finishes off that morgue, and then you all uh, feel this entire chamber shake. Uh, shake with my power or some other power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, if, uh, Randolph's really caught up in the moment. He might think that he's like, "Yeah, I got him real good." You see but, his like, side hair start to stand up and flash between white and gold. Like <laughs> it's it's like there's an earthquake, and like this, like the entire room is just like, and you can like you can hear like the tremors and uh, like it doesn't look like the ceiling's about to collapse, but like you can see that like there's like like little like trails of dust like streaming down from the ceiling. As like this entire structure just kind of like uh, got like just disturbed on like a like on, on such a scale, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely me, guys. So don't worry about that. And uh, Yosijuan looks up at the ceiling and he says, <laughs> "The time has come. You are all here to witness history." And Rogyar, it's your turn. All right. Um. Well, on that note, I believe after Randall Randolph's turn, haste is now gone. That is correct. With the shaking of the uh, the the whole fucking room like that, Rogar is definitely freaking out a bit, and I'm gonna mm. go ahead and self-impose a shaking condition there because there's no way that didn't affect him. Oh, being okay. being underground, thinking like, oh shit, what the hell is that? That's awesome. Yep. What Take a great RP. I love that. <laughs> um. And he is going to uh, shoot a cold blast at Yusijuin with that entangling infusion. All right. He's not gathering power. He's not empowering this. And that's a 26 against his touch AC. 26 hits. And that's 24 damage. And I need another reflex save. And he is already, and he's already entangled. So that's a minus four to his dex before making that second reflex save. 16. Okay. Uh, yep, that fails. So he is now stuck in place. Okay. And then, and Rogier is gonna like float back like ten feet into the hallway. He's really freaked out about about that rumbling. He's ready to just zoom right out of here if need be. All right. My hero. <laughs> I have a really bad feeling though that the safest place to be is going to be down here. Yeah, but, about or, to be formally formally of eleven thousand five hundred and five people. <laughs> yeah, but Rogier's not thinking that right now. He just thinks he's in an enclosed space that's about to collapse. Yeah, I mean Uchid's not thinking anything really right now. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, up next, 
is unconscious Utrid. And then yeah, Morgs are all off the board. So Viper is up next. So this guy can't currently move. I don't know if that helps you make a decision. Vipira is going to risky business it and uh, move off to the west side uh, of this person. And then she's going to hold her action to see if Randolph uh, makes his way into a potential flanking position. All right. So you already moved. So you need... So Actually, you can't like delay and wait for something. You need to ready an action and set a specific trigger for it. Right. And a specific action. Right. So So basically if Randolph gets in a flank position, you're going to yes. break invisibility with an attack. Yes. Alright. Up next is Yasijuan. And he's going to He's going to delay his turn. He like uh, he he can try to, to break the the material it's like it's a strength check or an escape artist or he can just attack it and break it do i get to know like the dcs for oh yeah breaking the, it, no, don't that... tell him don't tell him just you you tell him if it breaks him is it contingent on like your stats or is it like a set thing it's a set like it's based on my stats but it's a set thing okay all right um yeah you know what he's going to he's going to take a, a swing at the ice He's got he's the gonna perfect s- tool for it. Right? Yeah, and he's going to start with his uh, lowest titter of attack. Cause that feels wrong. All kinds but, of new ice. <laughs> but, uh, like, it feels wrong, but it's only because I've never done it that way. Like I, yeah, I don't, right. don't know if it's wrong or not. It just feels wrong. <laughs> I'll look it up again after this session, yeah. but I'm pretty sure... Let's take it on a test run tonight. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's see. He's going to do a power attack. It's 21 damage. 21 damage breaks the ice. All right, so he he wind like he lifts his warhammer up and he brings it down at the ice encasing his feet. The ice shatters and he looks over at Randolph and he grins as he takes a 5-foot step and finishes his full attack action. Don't grin at me. Uh, he's going to spend another smite good on Randolph, who I believe is ah. also good. Nope. Randolph oh. is the most chaotic neutral guy I've ever seen, but he's probably I, I thought he was neutral good. I am neutral good, I forgot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's still got power attack on. He doesn't have to, Alex. Why you do this? <laughs> I, I mean, I actually, I do have to. It's locked in for the, until the beginning of his next turn. That's a 32 to hit. Oh, this is messy. Yeah, that hits. All right. 28 damage. Oh, wowzers. Here comes Ow. another attack. Oh, that's one better than last time. That's, what, 33? In a surprise turn, that also hits. All right. 31 damage. All right. Now, when I get hit with the 31, my uh, cool ability there triggers because I'm less than half. Holy shit, shit. I forgot you had that <laughs> talisman. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually fallen below half in a really long time. So what is that? Uh, it was a cure, cure critical, wasn't it, for the talisman? Yeah, I think so. So that's four d eight plus seven. Yeah. Go ahead and roll okay. that, roll, Randolph. Uh, it could have been better. Nineteen. But here comes the third attack. Third attack, you say? I do say. Do you mean to say? Uh huh. Only going to be nineteen to hit. Whew. 
That doesn't hit. All right. And so now it's Randolph's turn again. <sighs> okay. Um, so Thelias is on the floor, paralyzed, and I'm mm-hmm. staring down a dude who just absolutely crushed on me. This turn would be a lot easier if you just didn't do that to me. Because I would <laughs> just attack. But now I'm... Now you got me spooked. I have pretty much no spells left. I have one heal, one big heal. The ectoplasmic manifestation. How does that work? So as an immediate immediate action, or on your turn of swift action, you can recall Thelias back to you. the, The manifestation is a swift action, but you can activate it this uh with the same swift action as recalling him but it costs you i think because you can only do it for so many rounds a day but i think it costs you just an additional round to like do the double double up on it is like recall and manifest and then you would get the uh i think the shield bonus to ac and like the double uh the double uh the two tendrils yeah i think i'd like to do that all right. And take a maybe a five foot step away from this guy. All right. And then do so, that. So, uh, yeah. So just FYI. So you do all of that, uh, and you still have a move and standard action. You did all that yeah, with a swift for my, action. For my but standard. But with the action. same. Okay, sorry. So with the same swift action, before five foot stepping, you can tentacle tentacle. Oh, or uh, sorry, slam slam, and then five foot step away, and that's Excellent. still just a swift action. Excellent. Yes, that's what I want. Okay. They are Thelias' slams. I I mean, yep. he is paralyzed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still your action, so... Count it. Ooh, natural at 20. We've gotten so many crits, <laughs> like, in, in this dungeon alone. It is insane. Confirmation roll. 31. That'll crit. All right. So, this guy has been brained... Double damage. Oh my god. Double damage, and the target can take only one move or standard action next round. Yes. Damn. Get absolutely brained, my dog. That's amazing. (laughs) Alright, so give me damage. Elias is so strong within me. So it's uh 26. Okay. And slam number two. It's uh 27 versus the AC. 27 hits for 13. It's a really good one-two combination. Yeah. Elias is my absolute boy. (laughs) Five foot step away now, and I still have a standard action. You have a move and a standard action, but you can't move with your move action. Right. So I will cast my last spell, and I I think I need it, Cure Serious on myself. Good call. Damn, dude. Nice. Good turn. Ooh. Uh, let's see. 3d8 plus 9. Can you say 34? Because I can. <laughs> okay. Well, I can. <laughs> 17. Let's go ahead and uh, have our expectations there. <laughs> All right. Okay. That was sick, though. Yeah. That, that yeah, sick. that was awesome. That was great. Really, really good turn. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking turtle up. Five foot step back and then heal yourself. Uh, okay, up next is Rogyar. Okay. Well, he like wham wham on on Randolph and Randolph uh, like t- 
tentacle, tentacle, five foot step, heel, and he's just, this guy look, looks like he's just like losing himself in the jubilation of the moment. He's just, <laughs> yes, and he, even as he's like clutching his face from the, from like the, from being brained, he's just like, yeah, yes, I will fall here today and be thanked by Tarbafon for my services. This guy's one sick fuck, dude. Wow, really? I really wish Uhtred was Uhtred was not unconscious because that's the <laughs> first time anyone has directly referenced Tarbafan, right? Uh, any of the bad guys, yeah. Yeah, I think like that's that's a huge like confirmation moment. Yeah. So my turn. Yes. All right. So Rogiar, after retreating back a bit just kind of like stops he shakes his head and just kind of he just like shakes his head and refocuses himself a bit enough to uh, float back forward five feet and he is going to um, gather power to empower an air blast at this guy with a with a pushing infusion okay not deadly aimed should have deadly aimed but uh, 32 to hit 32 hits and 35 and 17 is 52 damage. Okay. Ugh, and it's a 17 to bull rush. All right. Well, you dealt 52 damage to this guy. Uh, he had one hit point left after the last <laughs> What? <attack>. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, so, yeah, he just goes, like, tumbling back, just like, fum, 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 fum. And like like ten feet back from Thalias's concussive air blast. From who's and, the concussive uh, air blast? I'm sorry, from Rogar's concussive air blast. Nope, he said Thalias. <laughs> <laughs> and like when he he stops moving like in a heap, and you can see he's just got this big smile on his face, even as he he lays there dead. Yeah, this dude's a straight maniac, like. I'm the maniac around here, right? So <laughs> if anyone's gonna die with a smile on their face, it's gonna be me. Hope he knows and this. I like either just then or like maybe one round later, uh Uhtred wakes back up from being prone or from being unconscious. Where is he? Let me at him. It's finished, lad. Oh, thank God my head is ringing. And that's when you hear something else. <laughs> The end of the room, beyond the stairs, these are like curtains that are just entrances to some other room. And one of the curtains, the on the curtain on the south, so the, on the left side of the room, for a moment kind of like seems like it flitters, like from some breeze, and then it just like grows stiff, like it's frozen solid. And it kind of, it just like gets pushed like forward, uh, like so it like swings forward from the bottom. Uh, because it's it's fr- like it, it's it's not flexible anymore, so it's just like swinging from its like top hinge, so to speak. And from from behind the curtain, you see this skeletal hand, uh, like as if it's parting the curtain in like this weird, awkward uh, fashion from it being frozen. And out from the curtain steps a creature, human-sized and of a deathly blue color. This long-taloned, skeletal creature is partially encased in jagged sheets of ice. Anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge religion check. Yeah, it's a big 10-4. That's an 8 from me. 16. 
Uchi got a 24. None of you are entirely sure what this creature is. And it just kind of looks around at you all. And as, as it appears, you feel the room temperature drop. And it, so it, it looks at all of you. And Vipira, your, your invisible kind of... Uh, I don't know if you've moved from where you were at the end of the fight, in like the one round that you've had. But you, you see this creature looking directly at you as well. It looks at all of you and it says, Oh, the anomalies have arrived. How fascinating. I wonder what makes them tick. And he holds his hand out, and that's the last thing you see. All is darkness. Your eyes snap open in a dark stone box with only a few inches of space in any direction. The cool scent of earth surrounds you. Rogar blasts his fucking lid open. I ain't playing this shit again. <laughs> yeah, so with a, a blast of air, uh, Rogar, uh, uh, the stone lid is uh, just like, boom, like up like to the ceiling. Then it just kind of like cartwheels around and falls harmlessly to the ground. And you sit up and with your dwarven dark vision, you can see that you're in a, a dreadfully familiar room. This narrow chamber, lined with coffins, looks identical to the one you awoke in mere weeks ago on the boneyard in the haunted reflection of Roslar's tomb. Do I have Zalo with me? Fucking bastard. The same relief carvings can be seen on the north wall above the coffins. The only exit lies, as you remember, to the west. Uh, Uhtred, you, uh, you frantically throw your hand to your hip and... With a breath of relief, you realize that you do have Valo. You're lucky that that was the answer. I was about to quit the city. will get out and cast the dancing lights. When the room uh, illuminates, just, you're just going to see Rogiar sitting there, like floating in the air, like kind of curled up in a ball, like, no, 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 not again. Not again. How could this be? The fuck is going on? Randolph, this would be a new experience for you. Yes, and questions. I have so many questions, one of which is, Thelias, this wouldn't be a new experience. Is he still in my brain with me? You can feel Thelias in your consciousness, and you also, you, you feel like a thrum of panic, like kind of uh, by proxy. Oof, woof, okay. But, um I mean, I'm a little reassured that I have Thelias, uh, but this does not. This is not going to help my mania. You know what I'm saying? This is. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. This is a step backwards. Do I feel the same sensation from being on a different plane the last time we were in the boneyard? Ah, uh, from it being a uh, from it being a different alignment from you. Yes, which I believe we also get benefits now that we've been there. Right, if we go back. Uh, no, I mean, you, you have the benefits of the planar infusion feat always, but the alignment penalty would still apply. But no, you don't feel that. That is a good question. Are we back at Rossler's Coffer? Back at Rossler's Coffer? Yeah, back at Rossler's Coffer. Where's that? You know where that is. I want to detect magic in this room. What's my peer doing? My peer is fucking furious. She's buzzing she right now. Uh, she's not feeling great from that, uh, from that battle, but also equally 
We're How? fucking back here again? This better be the real world. This better be the real world. Do we feel rested? Like we've been here? Have I recovered HP and spells? Physically, you feel okay. Mentally, you have the same... Like, you have the same... You haven't recovered spells. You haven't recovered arcana points. Anything like that. But you would have, like, full hit points. uh, Anything like that. So, like, the non-lethal... Uh, damage I had from Rogyar applying a burn is gone? That's metaphysical. So I would say you do have that. But that goes away when we rest. Well, it looks like you haven't rested then. So we didn't recover any HP. You do have full hit points. So we have full HP, but we haven't rested. Correct. Okay. If I recall, the Lias said something about a flash before he died. Do you think everyone in that town died? I definitely didn't see a flash. What was the response to my detect magic? You're not detecting any magic, but I'd like everybody to give me a will save. Oh, uh, that seems fitting. That's a natural one on my will save. Natural 20, 33. Utrecht got a 16. Vipira got 11. Randolph, you have made your will save. And you know that you are, I don't say, I don't know if Randolph would like know the word for it or like know any technical information about it, but I'll just tell you, Joe, uh, Randolph understands that he and all of you actually are currently trapped in something called a mindscape. So you, you know that this isn't real. And in fact, you would know that your physical bodies are likely exactly where you left them, probably unconscious on the floor. You know that there is a specific exit to a mindscape. You can't just like wake up. And with your will save, uh, you get the exit in something of a riddle. You hear a voice, the voice of the, of the, like the frozen skeleton that you saw right before. Uh, this all happened, and you hear, A lock forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. I say that exactly as it comes to my, like, exactly as you just said it, as if someone else is speaking through me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, wait a second. And then I say it just like that, and the whole group's gotta be like, uh, what does that mean, that? Randolph? What does what mean? What you just said. What did I say? A, a, a light for or a lock forged from light would never reveal keys forged from darkness. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. This is the first time hearing of it. Uh, you, uh, you, you said it. I said it? No, Thalias must have said it. Thalias, did you say it? No, he didn't say it. Somebody else in here. Uh, Randolph, do you uh, share with anybody uh, your understanding of you being in a mindscape right now? Uh, yeah, after after a little back and forth, I say, wait a second. This is a mindscape. A, a mindscape is a place where, and I sort of struggle to Whoa. explain. Can we roll a knowledge on a mindscape? Sure. Give me a knowledge arcana. 28. Uh, yeah, so... Mindscapes are temporary constructs of the mind that come into being on the astral plane and fade away again in much the same way a sleeping person's imagined landscape forms and dissolves while he is dreaming. 
The primary difference between a mindscape and a dreamscape is one of intent. A creature often deliberately and precisely constructs a mindscape while a dreamer typically does not. Kind of reminds uh, me of, uh, remember that movie Inception? Yes. Uh, that's that's probably a good uh, d- uh, comparison. Dream within a dream. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot to mindscapes. Well, so why don't, why don't you give me uh, two questions about a mindscape? How do you get out of one? You solve the riddle given to your crazy friend. When a creature knows it is in a mindscape, it can exit can exit more use, more easily than not. Uh, you know, there is a spell specifically to exit a mindscape. I think it's just called mindscape door. Um, but the knowledge that you're in a mindscape makes an immersive mindscape no less real. There's there is a specific spell you uh, that you could cast, which I would be shocked if anybody had that spell. Um, or there is usually a specific trigger. Like, it could be, you know, if if the mindscape was, like, modeled after, like, the interior of a home, uh, the creator of the mindscape could say, you leave when you open the front door. Or it could be extremely complicated. It could, say, it could be, you, can, you leave after you recite this uh, ancient, uh, this line from this ancient dwarven poem. Uh, it can... It can be as specific or complicated or simple as you want it to be, but it's like a very specific action. Yeah, you got one more question. Do I know if the caster of the spell can hear us like all the time? So like when we say things out loud or even think it, it's like listening, monitoring us. Uh, okay, so th- so you're asking about like the spell create mindscape, which is basically what you were targeted with so you know that the caster must appear somewhere in their mindscape although it is relatively easy to shield themselves from view of any other creatures inside if they don't realize that they're in a mindscape so no they can't hear Uh, everything we're saying if you, you know that otherwise they are typically limited to the same physical still subject to the same physical limitations as if this was a real place so if this guy was in the room with you he'd be able to hear you if he was you know not separated by you know distance or barriers then probably not okay i see there's two extra coffins this time not just one um or is that because we have one less person yeah you remember father crow waking up in this coffin i'm pretty sure i got the right order but if not i'm sorry um and the far one to the right is that solid piece of it wasn't actually like a a coffin right it was all one giant correct i opened father crow's coffin it is empty well i knew that the caster of this must appear in their own mindscape somewhere so might as well just Start walking through, and I'm sure they will make themselves known when they want. So we're not back at Rossler's coffer? The- no, I, I don't think so. I think our actual bodies are still underneath the city of Vigil. This appears to be just a creation of our minds. Randolph is uh, scared to hear that. <laughs> Expressed that way, in particular. Well... I, my guess is there's less focus on your mind, Randolph. Seeing as you've never been here before. 
Does that actually kind of fuck with it a little bit? Like, things kind of, like, small chunks of, like, a wall might not be there because, like, I assume the spell is pulling f- collectively from all of our minds and there's just nothing to pull from the li- or Randolph. Uh, that's a that's a theory. As, as best you can tell in this room, it is exactly as you remember it. I rolled a 22 perception for, like, when, as we're going through. Yeah, I mean... You, it's been a while, and you've seen two versions of this right. tomb, but as best you can tell, yeah, this looks exactly like the room you woke up in at the beginning of this campaign. Utra kind of clutches over his heart where his oval is and thinks, that's oh, odd that this thing didn't play any factor into that. Well, unless anyone else has a reason for sitting in here, we might as well... Start. What do you guys do? Uh, Start making his way out. Rogiar is like slowly floats after, and you just hear him whispering to himself over and over. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Randolph, thinking that this is yeah, thinking that this is some sort of uh, I'm just following everyone else's lead. Like (laughs) so, Randolph starts saying, "It's not real. It's not real." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As Uhtred's coming up on like the doorway to the next room. He'll look back to hear these two and Randolph, you should bring Elias back out. We're gonna need him. And you should turn and go forward through into the next room. It it does take me a minute to get him out, so You better get going. Uh, well yeah, I'm just out of game, I'm letting you know. So when you tell me to do that, I'll start getting yeah, out. it's a minute long uh action. <laughs> so like while while we're gearing up, I'll you you Alright, I'll throw in before Uchi turns around and yeah. walks through like don't worry, Rogyar. There should be nothing for you. You've already gone through two versions of this place. A real one and an afterlife one. Your mind can't be any worse than that. Rogyar, like, can barely hear you. He's just in his own head, just trying to cope. Remember what got you through last time. Do it for Dolren. At hearing Dolren's name, like, Rogyar does kind of stop muttering for a second. And you see him, like, panicked, like patting himself down, freaking out, thinking like, oh my god, do I still have the bird? And eventually he digs into his belt pouch and like and pulls it out and like clutches it to his chest like he was afraid that it was that it was lost. He had and the same reaction when I was looking for my sword. Yeah. Yeah, basically like how you reacted when you thought Vala was missing. That's how I, I was like, oh my god, where's the bird? And now he's like Yeah, he's not muttering to himself anymore, but he is clutching that bird for dear life. He's clutching that bird like it's the only thing keeping him from drowning. All right, so a minute passes, and Thelias is brought back out. He's looking around this room with visible trepidation. I I do everything I can to comfort him and uh, bring him up to speed on everything, even though he's in my head and he already knows this stuff. Yep. (laughs) I sort of like repeat everything now that he's here as if he's here for the first time. Okay, so Uhtred opens the door. This large parlor has several padded chairs and an enormous sofa with upholstery so dark that it is barely visible in the dark room. A delicate wooden table with a distinct inlaid pattern bears a full decanter. Sliding doors lead out to the west, north, and east where you came from. Standing rigidly beside the wooden table is a figure you remember quite well. Held upright by his wooden staff is the grizzled, snail-backed Kishikish. 
you... While he appears to be aware of your presence, he hasn't acknowledged your entrance, seemingly deep in thought. Kishikish looks up, and he he gives you a smile. Well, this is a very strange predicament we've found ourselves in, wouldn't you all say? We would say. Come, yeah. come in. I don't bite. <laughs> what do you mean, we? The only things here that are real is us. Right, you are, Vipira, sharp as ever. Yes, I appear to be merely a projection of your memories, as you remember me with all of my good looks and charm and wit and wisdom. Okay. Please, so. I know this is... This must be a very confusing time for you all, but please, this is no time to be standing around gawking. What do you guys do? Move in a little bit into the room. Vipira goes invisible. Vipira, give me a sense motive. Oh. Does a 16 make it? You don't notice anything suspicious about anything. So, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like everybody's just kind of like... They just kind of like file in and like you're just all clustered together and you're just like looking at Keisha Keish like like just super paranoid about like just expecting something horrible to happen at any second. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, that's it. And like Keisha Keish is like you're like separated from Keisha Keish by a good 10 feet and he like hasn't moved and you haven't like really approached him yet. And he, he looks around at you guys uh, and before you say anything, Keisha Keish. What did Barzak send to us? Forgive me, do you mean who? whom did Barzak send to you? He gives a little head bow towards uh, Randolph. I look behind me like he's bowing through me, and then, oh, right, 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 Barzak. All right, uh, just trying to test how strong the spell is. I, I, wish, I wish I had more information for you. I, I understand your... Uh, your hesitation at this situation. I, I am personally overjoyed to be reunited with you again, even if it is to be temporary. And even if I'm not really here. And he kind of peers around like he's like seeing if this uh, rumination like maybe like has some effect on the room, but it doesn't. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, perhaps we can figure out what is really going on together? Well, what purpose are you here for? I wish I had more information for you, Uhtred, my boy. I merely came into existence, uh, perhaps no sooner than you opened that door. Well, Kishi Kish, we have a riddle for you. And oh, kind of... He has a humongous grin on his face. And he's like, he's looking around the room to find the source of Vipira's voice. But he says, as you may recall, I do fancy a good riddle. Is that idea? Nynaeve's was a riddle. <laughs> yeah. That was his fucking thing. I kind of nudge Joe's, uh, I, I, I kind of nudge uh, Randolph to say what the riddle is. And as I nudge you back, like, I don't know what the shit you're talking about. I just say, a lock never forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. Hmm? And then I sort of like, I'm surprised that I just said that. Interesting. Lock forged from light would never yield to keys made from darkness. Hmm. To what context is this riddle 
uh, offered. Is this perhaps to do with this place? The answer to this riddle should free us from this mindscape. Indeed. Well, forgive me, it seems straightforward enough. Uh, as keys, you're looking for a way out. Freedom from this place. What better to offer a way forward than with a key to unlock some barrier? But what barrier is that? I fear perhaps the only way forward is... I interrupt him right there. I said, keys. Keisha keys! <laughs> and I look around like I've solved it. He, Keisha? Uh, keys? Ke- keys. Even Rogier kind of like stops his like panicking for a minute and looks at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, that's not it. <laughs> I admire your enthusiasm, young man. Forgive me, uh, we have not been introduced. My name is, as you said, Keisha Keish. And you, I, and he kind of like looks to the side as if he's like just kind of either like thinking or remembering or just like downloading information. Is you, I take it, are, yes, Randolph. Randolph. (laughs) Yes. Is that who I am? Randolph (laughs) Ellington. And my brother, Thalias. Oh, Thalias. It's good to see you. It's good to see you are still doing well. Yeah, Thalias looks back at him like maybe he's not doing so well, being a, you know. (laughs) (laughs) While you've shed your mortal skin, uh, on you must fight. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, indeed. We're fighters, he and I. Brothers in arms. Souls intertwined by some, some otherworldly reason. No doubt it is the Obols. Our mother was a drinker. She didn't much care for us as children. Our father was never around. And I just sort of start babbling (laughs) until someone's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? (laughs) So, these keys. Perhaps the, the answer is as simple as finding keys somewhere in this place using the right one. You may recall a very similar riddle was proposed to you at Nynaeve's Manor. Rogyard, do you still have that key from Nynaeve's? The one that it completed his home? Oh, uh... I certainly hope he still has it, Rogyard. You didn't sell my precious key, did you? Oh, why would I do that? Hold on. Um, he kind of like reaches into his pockets and like pulls it out of his backpack and digs through it. It's kind of like stuffed in the bottom because he hasn't used it in a while. But, ah, yes, I got it right here. Ah, oh, wonderful, yes. I'd like to examine it. Can I make a spellcraft check to see if it might be functioning any differently now? Sure. 27. I, like, take it from Rogar and, like, move it around in my hands, like, look at it from a couple different angles. So, yeah, uh, Uhtred, it appears to have the same magical properties as before. The small iron key has the number nine and a right triangle engraved upon it. Uh, while the nine eaves key is held, the bearer can use open-close the spell at will, but only to open, not to close. Once per day as a standard action, the bearer can touch the nine eaves key to a magic item. For the following 24 hours, all use magic device skill checks to use or activate the touched magic item. Gain a plus four insight bonus. I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. One last thing I want to check then, if that doesn't seem like it's doing anything different. Um, I want to pull out my Harrow card. Anything going on with that? 
Last thing was from me to Keisha Keish was killed Valthasar, headed to Vigil now. Possible Galdeus has escaped Galospire. I think we just ran into Galdeus. I was wondering, is that Galdeus though? I think the only thing you learned about Gildeus was that he is a winter white. Uh, that I looked pretty don't... wintry. Mm, maybe. Uh, I think you failed your knowledge checks then for a winter white, and whatever this creature was, perhaps it was a winter white, uh, you failed to identify it. You do know that. I think the only thing you really found out was that winter whites are pretty formidable undead. Uh, considering your knowledge religion checks from a metagame point uh, indicate that that creature is probably a pretty high CR. So you can, you can, I don't think it'd really be metagaming at this point to, if you wanted your characters to kind of at least have a working theory that the guy that you just saw, that undead creature encased in ice, was Gildeus. Uh, but anyway, um, you take out your Harrow card and all it all it says is well done good luck please keep me appraised to your progress but yeah you, um, besides a returned message you don't see anything out of the ordinary and what uh, exactly was it again that he said it said well done good luck please keep me appraised to your progress well are you able to come with us kishikish are you tethered to this room he uh, kind of hunches forward. He like looks this way, looks that way, uh, quizzically. He says, "I'm not sure." Well, why don't you see if you can head into the room towards the south there? Yes. Uh, and he kind of shuffles over. Good idea. Trial and error. The old fallback. And he uh, he places his hand on the door, and it just kind of like his. Like, the mechanism to open the door is, like, very obvious, but from looking at him, it almost looks like he doesn't see the mechanism, or, like, he just doesn't understand how it works, uh, which might strike you as odd. Like, it's just, like, he he can't make heads or tails of this door, like, how to open it. He's just, like, ah, uh, hmm. Uh, you, you, gra- kush, kush, you grab the handle right there. Right, yes, right, yes, right there in front of you. Yes, I'm so sorry. Yes, of course. And he just like kind of keeps like just like patting the door, palm first, like doing absolutely nothing different. He's like, I, I'm not sure why this isn't working. Well, I think that answers my question. Let me try. I'll move up. Uhtred, you open the door, and two mill wheels straddle a wide trough in the ground. Each is connected to a stirring mechanism in a huge vat, one to the north of the wheels and one to the south. This is exactly why I asked Kisa Keys if he could go into that next room. Like, that's all I was thinking about. Several barrels stand near the vats, each overfilled with bright rainbow-colored pigments. Fireplaces stand on the east wall near each vat, roughly opposite large sliding doors. Over the northern vat, you see a gruesome scene, playing again and again on loop of Yando getting sucked into a vibrant, rainbow-colored ooze. His outstretched hand, the last thing to disappear, accompanied by screams of pain and sickening crunches as the ooze's deadly pressure crushes him to death. Alright, I shut that door, 
And I'm going to go open up the door to the north and see what horrors behind door number two. <laughs> uh, Keisha Keisha is like, well, what did what did you see? Oh, where where are you? Why are you going to? No, ah, yes, nothing you, good. we should examine our options. Good idea, Uhtred. He can't go through the door either. <laughs> <laughs> nothing gets past Randolph. Except for whoever the fuck said that riddle. <laughs> yeah, slip right in and out. Okay, you go to the north door. Four rows of small desks each fill most of this room with a single large wooden desk near the only door that you're standing in. Broken writing tablets and dozens of pieces of chalk litter the dirty floor. Several grimy windows around the room look out onto a ruined town. You recognize the town as Roslar's coffer, as you remember it after returning to the boneyard. And there's no... That's the only door in and out of that room, huh? So it would seem. I I feel like there's something in this room that would at the very least be beneficial for us. I'm very scared that once I step in there, the swarms of spiders are gonna... You know, we'd like, do that thing again. No, the spiders weren't in here. Those were in the... Salakara Scriptorium. This is where those invisible stalkers, or the, the lurkers in light were. That basically had greater invisibility on you. And we spent like probably 45 minutes fighting them. Alright, well Uchid will turn back to everyone in the room and say, uh, in the room to the southwest, it seems to be a replaying of Yendo's death at the Dye Works. Yendo? Yes. We gotta save him. Well, it's not really Yendo. And didn't we already bring him back? We did. And hopefully Vigil is... He's still resting there. But I have a weird hunch. This room here to the north, this is the only way in and out, it seems. And I just have a gut feeling that we should inspect this room before we go down to the bottom one. Well, as always, lad, I'm following your lead. And Rhaegar is definitely still clutching that bird for his last tether to reality here. So it looks like everybody's lined up to enter, but nobody wants to enter until I say I, uh, if something happens. Uh, <laughs> I poke my head in? <laughs> in like, like, uh, yeah, no, we, I know. Everybody Rog- and Rogar is just following Uhtred like normal. Technically, Rogar's probably in the five-foot square above Uhtred, so... If there's could, space. Yeah. So you guys enter this schoolhouse, and a spirit of a child uh, appears, uh, one that you may or may not recognize, remember, from when you were here. Uh, they're standing on the desk, uh, like the teacher's desk, and uh, it's a it's a little boy, and he's got his hands behind his back, and he's like got like a wide stance, like he's like, yeah, I'm in charge. And he says, thank you for attending. Everyone take your seats. Uh, Do I see people take their seats? You, see you don't see any. Take, <laughs> go to take a seat. There doesn't seem to be other spirits in this room. Uh, so if you see anybody take their seats, it's, it'll be if, you know, a, a PC does. Uh, yeah. It will also, like Randolph and Thalias, take a seat. Also, what do my goggles say about this spirit boy? Is he alive or dead? Uh, it is not registering that you're looking at uh, <laughs> Error. a creature at all. Yeah. Did Kishikish have the same thing? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Rogar is going to, like, float over and, like, hover in a seated position, like, above one of the chairs. 
uh, by the time you sit down, the uh, the image of the spirit of the little boy has like shifted, and it now looks like uh, like a different child. It looks like a like a a young girl. Like she's still got the wide stance, hands behind her back. But when when you all sit down, she kind of like like scrunches up in like this like cutesy little pose. She goes, "Thank you." So we're here for today's review before the big test. Who has any questions? Uchun uh, raises his hand. <laughs> yeah, Randolph raises his hand as well. I think you better sit down before the teacher comes back. He was very clear. You're saying that to the the little girl? Yeah. Where'd she well, come from? Well, does she call? Does he say it out of turn, or does he get called yeah. on? She, she says, "No, no speaking I, out of turn." Oh, I keep then, my hand raised in the air. She she's like ah, uh, like she's looking around at like as if. The, the room was filled with other students and everybody has their hands raised. She's like, uh, mm, uh, ooh, uh, you. And she points to Uhtred. Yes, uh, my question is very simple. Where Where's the key? The image is turned back into the little boy and he goes, we haven't covered that yet. You have to wait until the next semester. You guys can uh, give me a... Knowledge Arcana check, or just a flat intelligence check. Twelve. Uchard got a thirty-two. Okay. He would also like to, as when he started uh, to walk over to the desk, and since he's been sitting there, detect magic. I know that won't cover the whole room, but I was thinking maybe like the first two rows. It's a sixty-foot cone, so I think by the time you get to your seat, you got the whole room. My peer got a nineteen. Okay. Uh, Uchard, you did not detect any magic in this room. And Uhtred and Vipira, you're getting the impression, like, so you're you're in a mindscape, and while this isn't a mindscape of your creation, it does seem to be uh, created with your own memories as, like, building materials. So you think that, at least so far, everything that you've encountered here is basically a projection from within your own minds. You're currently in a schoolhouse, Maybe you're extrapolating a little bit, but you get the feeling that maybe within, while within this schoolhouse, this perhaps might act as some sort of like uh, storehouse of memories and knowledge, but they'd be your own. And you think maybe this is your opportunity to ask, basically ask your own memories, any questions about things you may have forgotten along the way. Like, if there's any information that your characters might be like, I want some clarity on this. I remember this got brought up, but, like, like can we review this really quick? And, like, this spirit child is probably just a manifestation of the collective knowledge that you would all be holding. Uh, and it's it's basically Google, but your the, the, the search queries are limited to stuff that you would already know but it's like um, meant to be like a refresher so whether or not you find that to be useful that does seem to be the function of this room i guess do these desks open up uh yeah i don't have any questions at the moment so we should just go start going around opening the desks and checking for anything inside of them to and including the teacher's desk you find uh, paper and writing implements, maybe like a, a protractor. 
but nothing else really useful. All right. I mean, I guess if we have a question, we can come back to this room. Asenia, you have something. I have a question. You raise your hand. Vipier pops out of invisibility. Um, is there a memory? Raise your hand, please. Uh, Vipier raises her hand. Hmm. Uh. You. Uh. Points yes. You. <laughs> <laughs> she points at Vipira. Yes, you in the front. Is there a memory that we should be recalling for trying to find this key? The spirit turns back into a little girl, and she says, "She like stops her little foot. She says, I already told you we haven't covered the key yet.'" Uh, when she says that again, Uchard's going to interject in with, Well, what do we need to know before we can cover the key? This is the first I'm hearing of the key. I hope it's not on the test. Once we get to next semester, then we'll learn all about the key. What's next semester? When is next semester? After this semester, dummy. How long is the semester? As long as the last one was. And what do we need to do during this semester? The little girl turns back into the little boy, and he looks at you very seriously, and he says, survive, and we'll see you next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. You broke it, Nick. You broke it. See ya. I just asked the right question eventually. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.